0: Okay, so this guy, his name's John, he's, uh, let's just say he's having some trouble with his wife and making her, you know, happy in the bedroom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he doesn't know what's wrong, <coughs> and so he goes to his doctor, and he goes, Doc, I'm having some problems making my wife happy in the bedroom. The doctor goes, well, I know what your <coughs> problem is. It's too warm in there. That's mm-hmm. a big issue. You've got you've to gotta cool her <laughs> down she's overheating
1: mm.
0: you gotta you gotta like turn the ac up mm-hmm. john realizes oh man i don't even have ac that's been the problem this whole time he calls up his friend steve and goes steve I need you to do me a favor i'm gotta go sleep with my wife and she's too warm i need you to, to wave a blanket at me really really hard while while we're doing the deed and that way she'll cool off mm-hmm. everything will be better <coughs> Here's steve and he's doing the thing and Steve is blowing the stuff, and everything is happening. And it's in 35 minutes, and the wife is still unhappy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Steve, that's not how you blow a blanket. Switch me. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve's like, fine. So John starts wafting the blanket on his wife, and Steve, you know, sleeping with John's wife. Mm-hmm. Not even a full minute passes, and let's just say his wife is completely happy. And John goes, there you go, Steve. That's how you blow a blanket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Steve said you're right of course My ab- ab- Absolutely yes uh, I'll do better next time Or maybe you could demonstrate for me again Sir John
0: from here again later. I like gotta figure it out. <laughs> um, the baby's screaming. I heard that yesterday. And it made me very happy.
1: The baby screaming? Yeah. Alright. Well. <clears throat> ah. Tyler. Tyler. Good morning. Unfortunately... I sound much happier than you do today. It's a vile day.
0: <laughs> it's a horrible day. Now don't be that way.
1: Honestly, oh, I don't. Day for a wedding. Sorry, <clears throat> the See, I don't know why I got up so early. I don't have to get up until like you know, like five thirty or five forty-five or whatever. I still get up at five. And I don't know why I do this to myself. I don't get to bed till like eleven. <clears throat>
0: It's, it's worth mentioning that 5 mm-hmm. your time is 6 my time. Mm-hmm. And so we start at 7 my time, which is 6 your time. I <clears throat> wake up at 6.30 my
1: time, which is 5.30 your time. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel great. And somehow, even though... Okay, so the high here is higher than the high there. But the current temperature, it's colder here. How heck that even work?
0: Well... No my assumption is that there's going to be a large shift in
1: temperature probably i, can now, I can't that. guarantee this is the case but it feels right, right to me mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah here it's, it's going to be 40 today but it's 25 right now over oh, there well, it's t- 26 but the high is 28 <coughs> <clears throat> we don't like change much here
0: <clears throat> oh my god oh my you change since the 30s mm-hmm.
1: Uh <clears throat> so uh I think I may know the answer or potential lack thereof once uh no, not once, having uh heard a an infant. Um but I I suppose I must pop the question anyway. What are you drinking? So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I did this kind of to annoy you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and I think it's gonna work. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, we recently discovered these things. Mm-hmm. I, I like them
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot. And mm-hmm. you're going to be mad at me, but just bear with me. You're drinking a wine cooler. Agree. Almost. <laughs> I think we can both agree <clears throat> without
1: having, having to even have a discussion mm-hmm. that selfers are trash. Mm. I mean, depends, for the most like, part, the well, most part. They, they they taste bad. There's some really good ones. White Claw's trash, but the, White Claw trash. There's mm-hmm. a bunch. Of, there's a bunch that are trash. I've tried random ones throughout
0: mm-hmm. the past couple of years.
1: Most of them just don't taste good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna link uh, in the show notes to a video by uh, How to Drink, uh, talking about uh, the hard seltzers, and he mentions some of them that are really good. Well,
0: what I am drinking
1: right mm-hmm. now. It is from Bud Light, which automatically
0: Mm. should make you a little mad. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They have their own seltzer that is labeled Hard Soda. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They have a Coke, a Cherry Coke, an Orange, and a (coughs) Citrus, which is essentially Sprite. Mm -hmm. They taste better than the actual soda, Mm -hmm. and it's phenomenal. Mm. I'm having the Sprite one. um, It's great. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want one this morning. I was just hoping <laughs> it would make it bad, and it didn't, and now I'm kind of disappointed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like The, the only thing that is, is upsetting about it is the fact that it is Bud Light branded. But I, I get it. You know, you live in a town where it's very difficult to get anything with any sort of regularity uh, other than from a store, and the stores probably won't have uh, fantastic things. So, um,. You know, like uh, no, very regular. That's good, but uh, no, it, you can't um uh, uh, you know, we can't all live you know twenty minutes away from Tulsa. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Imagine how
0: many people would be in one spot.
1: Yeah, I know it was kind of sucky. Actually, I, I I I made the joke. I actually have not. I don't think I've ever made a trip to Tulsa because I could acquire something there that I couldn't here. <clears throat> Every time I go to Tulsa, it's because. Yeah. Nope, never been to Tulsa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, like it, it, I don't know if you've been to Oklahoma or not ever. I don't think you have. But um, uh, uh like the, there's actually a lot to do here. So many places to go to and see. Like there's there's Tulsa, <laughs> there's Oklahoma City, there's Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, uh, up in Arcadia, it's almost two. It's a little town about two hours away here. There's a town, a town, a shop called Pops, and I've never been there, but Brooke keeps wanting me to go there. But I'm gonna we're gonna have to get a time to we can actually make an almost two hour trip just to go to one little store. Oof. It's the size of like your typical convenience store. Okay. And they sell nothing but pop, like. Uh, uh, uh Yeah, like the exotic pops and stuff. And it's like e- covering every wall, the middle aisles and stuff. It's fantastic. It's seeming. It seems fantastic. Okay.
0: So I think that I can see where the situation you're in because that sounds super cool. Uh, that'd be a really fun thing to
1: do. Two hours to go to a place to buy pop is kind of like, ugh. It may not be quite two hours. I know it's over an hour. Let me look it up real fast. How far to Arcadia?
0: How far to Arcadia?
1: Okay, so going to Arcadia. No, it's over two hours. Two hours and 19 minutes. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, so it would have been less than two hours the last time I looked it up. Um, uh, you... you were 30 minutes closer. <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, <clears throat> I haven't looked it up since we moved to the town we're in now. Where we were at was closer to Tulsa. But it's right, I guess it's right by Oklahoma City. <clears throat> Oklahoma Okay, okay, so You think about, you know, we grew up thinking of Tulsa as like a big town Like, oh, yeah, Tulsa, dude. Oklahoma, that's a big town You yeah. know <clears throat> And then Oklahoma City, that's gotta be a big town You know, which by the way, Oklahoma City is significantly larger than Tulsa Um. Uh, let's compare these cities To a city that you and I are both f- Intimately familiar with Indianapolis Mm-hmm if Indianapolis had 150,000 more people, it would be the size of Tulsa and Oklahoma City combined. No, <laughs> the, two, the two of them but together think, just barely have a million people in the two of them together. <clears throat> that's strange. Um I guess it's not really shocking, though, because Indy is such kind of a... It, I mean, it's more of an epicenter of mm-hmm. the Midwest than anything in Oklahoma would have been. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. The funny thing is, is I would expect Claremore, the town that I'm in, to be. Oh no! Now you guys know where I live. Uh, to be more popular than either of the the other two cities, to a small extent, just because Route 66 goes straight through it. On Route 66. I don't know why I'm so singing this morning. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Well, you also doxxed yourself, so congratulations, idiot. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> now they know which city you live in. They're gonna find you in a matter of months. <laughs>
1: And they're going to knock on the door, it's not going to (laughs) answer.
0: We're we're diverting so aggressively and in the most boring way of all time. We should hit track. We we should get on track.
1: Oh, yeah. So, what I'm drinking is... (laughs) 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 Mm -mm. Same I have been for the last couple weeks, and it's not going to change for the next several, because I got almost two liters of it. (laughs) Evan Williams. Evan Williams. Bottled in Bond, it's... It's very good. I like it. It's like, I mean, I wouldn't call it like a premium drink, but I like it. I would call anything a premium drink if you paid for it. Well, I mean, I paid like 26 27 bucks for a, a 1.75 liter. You know, considering the amount of effort it would take, I would charge at least that much money for a
0: bottle of my own pee of that size. mm Let's just be honest. It's a lot of effort to fill up two liters of pee. Yeah. But I mean, like,
1: that's so cheap. <clears throat> yeah, it, I know. It's even fantastic. remotely
0: drinkable, that's ridiculously <clears throat> cheap.
1: And it's, like, 76% better than your pee.
0: <laughs> you don't know what percent of
1: pee. It, mine is good. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. <clears throat> um... I believe the topic that we're talking about today. I sure hope the topic that we're talking about today is uh, an overview of one of one of our favorite uh, a story by by one of our favorite authors, a young, uh, uh, a young man uh, by the name of of Howard Phillips Lovecraft.
0: Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yes. Um. So, shadow. Oops. Sorry. I was looking over my shoulder at something else. Mm-hmm. Dreams um, really in the Witch House. It's actually really funny in that you start to say three. Shadow
1: because the sto- in my book, the story right behind Dreams in the House is Shadow of Rains Mouth. Shadow of Rains Mouth the beautiful. same book. I had not feeling
0: like that was going to happen. Uh-huh. <clears throat> this is in my top three mm-hmm. um, from him. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go into the overview, <clears throat> I would say there's something about um, this particular point of view because a lot of them are from... You know, like, you're being narrated a particular (laughs) person's point of view, or you are in the shoes of the individual themselves for the majority, nearly all, if not all, Mm -hmm. of of Lovecraft Mm -hmm. stories. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) This particular point of view we get is one of the most interesting to me. (laughs) Because it's, um, you're not you're not in the shoes of someone particularly special because if you think about a lot of the people a lot of the people that he deals with are those kind of um you know being like that sort of oxford scholar character um you know or or just an absolute scholar so we have a lot of times we're in the shoes of of old men who are incredibly wizened we have um the the um character we have our what's his name whose name i've forgotten because i'm tired Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. um, Mountains of Madness, we have, mm-hmm. we're usually in the shoes of someone extremely educated, mm-hmm. usually a little bit older, useful to the world in some way, have done something great, or whatever. Mm-hmm. This time mm-hmm. we get the perspective of someone who's I mean, technically still a student. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not smart, but they're still a student. Yeah, not um, yet fully but, educated. Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're not anything special in any way. And basically we get to be along for the entirety of the ride, from perfectly normal to completely mad, um, And then eventually death obviously mm. it's, I think it's For me this story I think it makes it a little Bit more um, uh, It makes it a little More relatable in some ways So it, I think this story Does Maybe
1: Tyler? World Yes <laughs> Sean uh, okay, I just making sure you're still there. Um, uh, you said I think this. Here's what I heard. I think this story does maybe blank, world. Oh. Does it? Okay.
0: <clears throat> I'll rephrase, and that can be cut out or whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this story <clears throat> does possibly the best job of firmly seeding Lovecraft's mythos into our <clears throat> world, like our actual world. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like it's. It, it makes it feel the realist to me. I mean, there's other stories that do a great job. Of Mountains of Madness does a great job of immersion, but in, like, mm-hmm. kind of slow, dredgy sort of way. And mm-hmm. this is just, like, all action from beginning to end. Or all suspense, I should say, from beginning to end.
1: Yeah. So, man, it's... Ah, oh, man, th- there's so much that I like about the old works and the newer works. This, of course, being among the newer works. Yes. Um, uh, The old works, you know very much like strongly involved magic and they're very canon the newer works show how really all the magic is is just a deeper understanding of science than what we previously had Uh, math and science um uh, but then like some of the the random incantations like what you would see in um uh uh charles dexter ward um some of those incantations don't make any sense when you look at it from the it's just it's just math and science perspective. But they're both canon so I don't real I have a hard time resolving those things and I don't know which I like better. But I mean as far as which concepts I like better. I tend to like some of the, 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 the newer works I tend to like for the most part a little better. Um. Uh, because just because he had more experience, and he was you know he'd he evolved as a writer and he was doing yeah, yeah, really the, m- the better by the mirror,
0: end. You have the perfect mirror. Mm-hmm. In what you were just saying, is mountains of madness versus mm-hmm. um, the horror Red Hook. Like mm-hmm. they're the perfect mirror of each other as far as mm-hmm. scale of story. One being full blown nothing but magic, and the other being full blown nothing but science.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
0: then the, the shadow, the um, shadows. Uh, in the witch house falls right in the
1: middle for me Uh uh-huh yeah i'm big fan i'm uh uh and and that i i think there's an argument to be had here where it's this it is magic um and it's just uh nyarlathotep screwing with people it's his magic and it's it's him like you know giving different people different ways of, of doing it and he's just the one oh, yeah you just you, you do this but you know he's just you know somehow the people have done something you know they sign the black book and that gives them access to his magic and now he's yeah. like yeah no you have to Marthy signs and this is person you say oh yeah just speak, just speak gibberish yeah you know yeah whatever <laughs>
0: I would I would I agree with you a little bit because uh-huh. that is an argument to be made but I would say um, what the reason why I find mm-hmm. it sitting in between the two because I still stand mm-hmm. by the black man being Narlathotep. I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. if you doing synopsis or anything, they're just like, mm-hmm. there's no real identification for the black man. Like, yes, there is. It's Narlathotep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, don't... That's who it is. Um, that's, for me, that's what I'm gonna believe until I die and I don't care what anyone says. Um, mm-hmm. But <clears throat> this person would have never discovered any of this stuff mm-hmm. without his obsession with non-Euclidean physics. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, non-Euclidean mathematics. I'm trying to say two things at once. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the study of the weird physics that it's actually in the room that Kazai Mason stays in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he never would have had access to this magic had it not been for mm-hmm. the obsession with non-Euclidean um, mathematics, which is crazy. Um, and it, the book actually dives in. There's a few spots where the book actually talks about some of the conversations that they have in the classroom regarding... The, the the weirder stuff of non-Euclidean mathematics, which is super cool. So that's the reason why I think this one kind of sits dead in the middle. It is all obviously um, you know all the magic, obviously, but mm-hmm. I mean the the, the links of which he goes to show how the angles of this thing are important and the mathematics of this thing are important, um, and then proves it by saying basically his access to that is being inside <laughs> of the room that has all the weird angles. That's just super cool. I think that that's. I think that this is the story that immersed me uh, so deeply, so quickly. I'm um, not more than any of them necessarily, but in the coolest way. I thought it was really cool because you, you, you're, you're following a nobody. Um, the character, you actually have like a cast around him that's kind of diverse and interesting. And when mm-hmm. I say diverse, shut up, everybody. Yeah. I mean, like you have very, very different characters. They're shockingly mm-hmm. different. Um, and like you remember all of them, like you remember them all having their own little weird quirks. Which is strange for Lovecraft. It's not really his thing, yes. is having characters in this way, and it's kind of, it's
1: just cool. It's it's different than the rest of the stories in a lot of ways, and it's I don't know. It's just it's top three for me. Yeah. E- oh, and by the way, um, uh, I just have to throw th- th- those out there too, because the three main people who are around him that do the most interacting with him uh, that are by by name, um, uh, they're all three white men. Also. Uh, and of course that's not counting Kazaya cuz you know i'm talking about the the normal people yeah, around him count. yeah um, uh, the three normal people that are around him like i just have to throw this out there the, it is be, it is genuine diversity it's like what that's all that's all they're all white men oh check this out you have a man from new england a typical american guy you have a polish catholic um, uh, what's, I forget his name. I just read this last night I forget his name. Yes. Yes. I remember his name was Joe, but yeah. And then you have the French Canadian, Derocher. Um, uh, you know, and like the, those are like, that is, g- that is genuine diversity. Do you have any idea how different those three people have to be? <laughs> yeah. A French Canadian, yeah, yeah. a Polak, and a, can I say Polak? Uh, a Polish so. and a, um, uh, Polish. Uh, <laughs> a canadian a polish and a uh a new england fellow yeah so when so when i said diversity i meant
0: it in Mm -hmm. the truest sense of the word three completely shockingly different people Mm -hmm. and uh it's great because he doesn't do that i mean you don't see a lot of lovecraft stuff where you have genuine characters who you actually get to feel some of their personality um and you get to like See a little bit of, of them as a character. I mean, we don't dive into it deeply. We don't have time for that in a story that's short. But mm-hmm. I know it's it's different for him. It's not what he
1: normally does. And yeah, I, I think it's fantastic for it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and uh. Uh, yeah. Your uh, references. do what you said earlier? Um. Uh, this is just on like with within the first two pages. Uh. It. I mean, this splits the first two pages. This for in my book anyway. This uh. This these two sentences do. Uh, this is going back in reference to what you said. This story uh, is bridges that gap between the mathematical science side and the the more fantastic magic side. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm going to read you uh, two sentences from from the the book here, uh, and you're you're, you're it's, it's going to you're gonna you're gonna you will say this constitutes an affirmation, and you may be right. <laughs> okay. Po- Possibly, Gilman ought not to have studied so hard. Non-Euclidean calculus and quantum physics are enough to stretch any brain, and when one mixes them with folklore and tries to trace a strange background of multidimensional reality behind the ghoulish hints of the Gothic tales and wild whispers of the chimney corner, one can hardly expect to be wholly free from mental tension. I completely agree with that. Yeah. He's <laughs> 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 right, you know. Mm-hmm. BS says right there. When you're studying advanced math and folklore, you get this. <laughs> this is what happens, kids. You go insane and you're eaten by a rat. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So um. Uh, and we'll go go more on the eating on the rat later because I have a uh, I I have my own ideas about that. But um. Uh, oh. So I didn't listen very well. Uh. The first time I heard this on audiobook, and I am. Um, uh, I didn't get uh uh, uh and I I did I didn't get uh 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 oh yeah and I I so I, I didn't catch the the, the nuance of, of Sean Branny's uh reading here which by the way you know I almost felt bad reading that out loud because I'm not Sean Branny, but yeah, so <clears throat> Uh, Andrew Lehman is a, you're, you're you're okay but you're no Sean Brainy um, uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take them both but yes <clears throat> um, uh, but uh, yeah but so I, but I always thought of Brown Jenkin as being white and hmm. not because I mean, obviously it sounds, sounds stupid his name is Brown Jenkin why should he be white it's because of this line right here in the book it says a small white fanged furry thing I heard that as a small, white, fanged, furry thing. <laughs> this is fair. Mm-hmm. And then hearing that, it immediately made me think of a, uh, of, of like a, a a dream creature, an imaginary enemy that uh, my wife had when she was a small child. And that was a white rat that would cruise the halls, and if it came into your room, it could kill you. Hmm. <clears throat> and uh, we call
0: it uh, say what we call that foreshadowing,
1: yeah, exactly. No, um, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, Tyler, Sean, uh, usually I um, uh, do a ridiculously short uh, synopsis of whatever we're, we're going over. Uh, would you care to do the honors today? You... Am I making it ridiculously short and ridiculous? Yes, ridiculously short and ridiculous. Uh, it ma- ma- make it so incredibly boring that it's comical. <laughs>
0: okay, so Walter Gilman studies a lot of things and reads a lot of books with a lot of ridiculous names and makes him obsessed with some random lady, which, by the way, gay. Um, he just decides he has to live in her room that she used to live in because the walls are terrible. Um, once he gets there to the terrible walls, he realizes the terrible walls drive him insane, can't relate. He goes to school. Can't go to school anymore. Very well. He does school real bad because of the walls. Uh, finds out he does a lot of crazy things like sleepwalking and sleep talking, but he doesn't know where to. And he finally finds out it's because that lady who has the terrible walls has come to him in his dreams, which are actually real dreams and real life and real things. And then when he goes to the places, he meets a guy who's black. He's actually the black guy, <laughs> literally. Um, while he's there, he signs a thing. He grabs some stuff. The stuff comes back in the real world, confuses him to death, and then he realizes that's absolutely crazy. He looks at the sky because the sky is pulling to places. He walks to those places. He sees things in those places that are super spooky. Goes insane because of how spooky it is. Then a rat eats him. What a douche!
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, many, m- m- many, 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 uh, less, less uh, interesting things happened along the way. Um, <clears throat> I also love uh, in your synopsis that you referred to your know, as the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> we the black guy. Then I'm a black guy.
0: <laughs> but seriously, he is the black man referred to in this, mm-hmm. and is mm-hmm. never explicitly said that the black man in the book is mm-hmm. Um But it is uh, mm-hmm. partially because we get to actually see, for a glimpse in the book, uh, the black man mm-hmm. is in our world. Apart from Walter Gilman's dream, Mm -hmm. uh, the night that Walter Gilman goes insane, um, which is super cool, which does fall in line with Nala because we know him to be in our world running around corporeally, as it were, Mm -hmm. Um, and he is actually doing things because you know he was one of the pharaohs and Tesla and all of that, Mm -hmm.
1: and Sauron, don't forget, of course, Sauron. (laughs) How could I Mm -hmm. forget Sauron? And Stan. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Satan, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Stay>. <laughs> Damn. Um, uh, So um. Uh, uh. Oh man, there was something. Oh, there's something in here that's mentioned. Um. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to, to, to mention this. Um. Th- there's a spell in Dungeons and Dragons called Fairy Fire. And it's very interesting. It, it, it bears a, a great to me resemblance to the Witchlight. Um, uh, because it said like the the witch light the first time that Gilman saw um. Uh, which, by the way, the Gilman House isn't that the uh, is isn't that the uh, the name of the uh, uh the the inn in Innsmouth? It uh, is. Yeah. So, I, I, so I, I wonder if uh, Gilman isn't connected to that somehow because he did mention he felt a strange draw towards Innsmouth at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, uh- there we. Go. The way he connects people randomly, <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, doesn't necessarily talk
0: about it explicitly. Sometimes would 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 make me think that's probably the case in some mm-hmm. way.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, that's fantastic. But um, uh, but yeah, we um, uh, uh, but yeah, the uh is when he sees the witch light, uh, he uh, at various points like the the witch light is there and there are particles in it. And then, like he can start to see the shape of the woman in the particles, and it really makes me think of. And I know this book came first, so I I wonder if there was inspiration to this story uh, in the spell fairy fire, um, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, um, uh, the spell fairy fire. I don't have the my I don't ha- I don't know where my dungeon books are, so I can't actually read the description of the spell right now but it uh, I'll tell you what it does. It sends out a violet light and a bunch of violet particles in an area. And if there are any invisible creatures in that area, well, yeah, any creatures in that area, the particles will stick to them, and they really, really stick out. You can really start to see the creature in there, so much so that it gives you advantage on attacks against them because you can see them so well. And you um, uh, and it even sticks to invisible creatures so that so not so it still gives you the advantage against them, and you lose the disadvantage that you have against fighting invisible creatures because not only can you see them now, but you can see them so well that you have, have advantage. And so now you'd see this, you couldn't see anything. And then here's this violet light violet particles, and you can see the shape of the invisible thing in there. And that that like w- when I re- I had never thought that until this time reading it. And I'm like but the- man, the way she's like coalescing in the in the uh, the witchlight that really makes me think of fairy fire. That's
0: fair. Mm-hmm. It's
1: probably- a fire. There's a lot of
0: there's a lot of uh, Lovecraft inspiration in uh, in tabletop gaming
1: quite mm-hmm. a lot. So it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Um, uh, and I know that they. I know that Dungeons and Dragons does take inspiration from Lovecraft. Uh, just because one of the, uh, one of the warlock pacts you can get is the, uh, or no, I'm sorry, not one of the pacts, one of the patrons you can get as a warlock is the great old one. Aha. Uh-huh. So. <clears throat> Pretty aggressively obvious.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm, so uh, there's one thing I,
0: I had to talk about for, for this. um This is one of the ba, 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 three. <laughs> mm-hmm i I'm not. I'm not Googling. I'm trying to remember. <coughs> mm-hmm. Three times that my, f- the, the, my favorite name for a, for a book of all time uh, mm-hmm. is mentioned because there's there's a couple books that it mentions that Walter Gellman reads that makes him help that helps him go insane. There's the Necronomicon. Obviously, that's in there. It's it's in most of them. Um, the Book of Eidolon, mm-hmm. which yes. is fun, and then my favorite is the Unaspeklichen Colton. Uh mm-hmm. That's oh,
1: uh,
0: it's a what I like. I actually, this I actually did research today. I don't mm-hmm. normally. I did today, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to know more about. I mean, obviously it's a fictional book, but mm-hmm. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. So apparently,
1: this book pops up in other things, even outside of the mythos. Which yes. Is great. Yes, because it's not the Book of Ibon Uh, mm. it isn't. From the Mythos, Uh Lovecraft borrowed it from one of his friends. And the Colton. Oh, the Colton. Same thing. Same thing. Yep. He, yeah, he borrowed he he borrowed it from one of it. So yeah, so it wouldn't be it. it's like so it's not from the the Mythos originally. Lovecraft borrowed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I love, yeah. That. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, that's like, fantastic. Other places. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's crazy to see like because I think that's that's um that part of the immersion mm-hmm. uh is what really gets me because like I'll be reading a Different story, or, or doing a different thing, I and mean, then you see that thing pop up, you're like, Crap, it is real, mm-hmm. even though the other thing's fictional, too.
1: Let's, t- <laughs> yeah. So, interesting <laughs> thing about uh, I, I, I meant to say this earlier and I forgot uh, Dreams in the Witch House. Uh, Lovecraft did not like it very well, he didn't think it was very good, Ugh. Um, uh, he didn't think it was a, a fantastic book. Um, and another there, – so there's another book that Lovecraft didn't really like very much at all either, and that was The Thing on the Doorstep, which uh, I think that was the one that we already talked about. Was that the one we talked about? No, we didn't, no, we didn't talk about The Thing on the Doorstep. We, we, talked, about, we talked about Whispers in Darkness. Yeah, Whispers in Darkness. But, um, uh, but it, was, it was one of those two books, and I can't remember, but I think it was this one. Um, uh, Lovecraft, he didn't really like it, and he was kind of feeling down about it. So he sent it to Durleth to see it, like, to ask his opinion of it. And, um, uh, uh he said, hey, you know, uh, my good dear buddy August, what do you think of this of this book? And, um, uh, uh he said, he said, what do you think of this book? Because I don't think it's very good. And Derleth reads it and says, yeah, you're right, it's not, it's not very good. <laughs> and, um, uh, uh and, um, Lovecraft goes, yeah, I, I, I knew it. So I, I knew this wouldn't sell. And uh, Durrell says, no, you misunderstand. I believe, I believe his quote was, the book, is, the story is infinitely saleable. It just isn't good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's very different from both of them. Uh-huh. If you think about it, it's it's wildly different mm-hmm. than something either of them would put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get why both of them would think that because I mean that kind of that stands <coughs> as a different style of storytelling from either of them mm-hmm. really, yeah. I mean, and not and not like I mean obviously on a on, in a basic way it's it's the same it's the same kind of plot it's the same kind of ending it's the same kind of beginning mm-hmm. it was not. Very Forbidden knowledge goes and gets more forbidden knowledge and goes insane from forbidden knowledge and then something happens at the end after the big like reveal. It's like and <coughs> then this thing happened that made it all seem real or even mm-hmm. more. I mean, it's all the same mm-hmm. thing, but his approach to this story is just it's it's very very different for him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm glad he did it because again, it's one of my favorites just because it's a different take. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, uh, what's that? Oh, uh, one of the so. Character that only appears in this book, a very very interesting character, is uh, Brown Jenkin. Yes. Um, uh, and I there are theories about Brown Jenkins. Um, uh, that he's like you know, uh, something to do with something. Uh, he's obviously associated with Nyarlathotep. Yes. Uh, yeah. And there are many 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 things that um uh, <clears throat> that say what the origin of Brown Jenkin is, and there's there's no, you know, real clue into the origin of what Brown Jenkin is, and there are many people, and I'm inclined to agree, that say it is Brown Jenkin, not Kaziah, who's in charge. Um, uh, hmm. And the reason why I'm inclined to agree about that is, I think Brown Jenkin is, why he is a rat, or a rat-like creature, I don't know, and that could be a uh, that, that that could be a, a probably my guess is it's a practical joke, uh, uh courtesy of Narlathotep. Um, uh, if I'd take a guess, okay. yeah. But uh, the the there's a running theory, and then the running the running theory that I read it stops at this point, and I want to expound further on it. In my opinion, the running theory is that um, uh, <clears throat> uh, Brown Jenkin was a wizard, and he found. Keziah in the form of, he in the form of Jenkins found Keziah and taught her all the magics. Um, uh, and, you know, brought her to Narlhotep and blah 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 blah. And I agree with that theory, but I want to expound on that further. I don't think he is a wizard. I think he is a line of wizards. Uh, the most recent one of which being Keziah. The, the most recent and final one uh, because Brown Jenkin does die in this story um, uh, being Keziah. <clears throat> and the reason why I think that is because it's mentioned as you know be, having a uh, you know the face of a human and it's kind of implied that it's a man's face because they talk about being bearded and all that. So you think of it being a man's face. But then the uh, in exchange for all that, Keziah feeds um, uh, feeds her blood to brown jenkin that is what you know that's how brown jenkin is sustained is sustained is on the blood of and at some point too i'm assuming children uh because (laughs) brown jenkin where brown Jenkins seems to live is in the room with the bones of all the children so i'm going to assume he eats the children that they sacrifice um uh that just makes sense to me um but i am uh 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 yeah, but I uh, th- yeah that that just makes sense to me that he eats the children, but that's his but that that is was how he is technically sustained is on the blood of Kaziah Mason, and then towards the end of the story, so after having hundreds of years of surviving off of Kaziah Mason, it mentions that the face of Brown Jenkins uh, bears a striking resemblance to that of Kaziah Mason old Kazaya's face can be seen in the face of Brown Jenkin which which I assume is meaning that as he spends hundreds of years feeding off the blood of his current wizard uh, eventually the life force and soul essence through the blood that he's eating goes into him until eventually that he is now like his his visage is now that of and therefore his soul is that of the that wizard, and then he finds a new wizard to lead to hotep Once he once he is the old wizard, he then goes and finds a new wizard and it's a constant line of wizardry. <clears throat> hmm. I mean, okay. That's my I've, theory. Uh, Game theory.
0: I have no reason to, or no way to <clears throat> discredit that. Mm-hmm. Me, I never really thought about it. I'm still kind of absorbing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, no, that makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I thought so too. <laughs> that's the kind of thing he would do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and as far as him being a rat, I just think that's a, uh, one of Jarl Hotep's practical jokes. <laughs> Which is kind
0: of spot on for that character.
1: Yeah, I can I, I can just see, you know, Yarlath Hotep uh sitting around with uh uh with his his uh father it's it's uh, a or yog is the father of nyaralothotep i don't remember uh i think uh, Azathoth? i think um yes <clears throat> yeah which by the way if Azathoth is the father of um uh, uh that makes uh that means is uh, Wilbur Waitley's uncle, and yes. Wilbur Waitley is Cthulhu's uncle, <laughs> which, which is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, uh, uh I keep k- saying Waitley, I want to say Wait, and that's a different family. Um, uh, <clears throat> but um, uh um, correction, huh? yeah, correction. I did Google it. I actually,
0: <laughs> I uh, I Googled Neurolepteps Dad. Uh huh. <laughs> And it's actually
1: Azathoth. It is Azathoth. Yeah, I said Azathoth. Yeah, not Yog Sothoth. Azathoth. Because so, yeah.
0: Azathoth would make them cousins, whereas Yog Sothoth would make them uncles. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so I okay. I thought Yog Sothoth was the son of Azathoth. Uh, no. Hold on. Hold let, let, on. Let, 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 let me pull up the family tree here. And that's what
0: I'm looking for. Great old one family
1: tree. There we go. Okay. So, pulling this up here, we have, of course, Azathoth is the be-all, end-all. He's the beginning of everything. The blind idiot god. Yeah. Yog sothoth Yog sothoth is the son of the Nameless Mist, who is the, who is the offspring of Azathoth. So, if you have
0: Azathoth as the blind idiot, god being the main one, so yarlath is...
1: Yeah, yeah and the, cool. the hotep the Nameless Mist, and the Darkness... The initial three beings, the 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 three offspring of Azathoth, Yog Sothoth, um, uh, yeah, is the the offspring of the nameless mist, and Shub Niggurath is the offspring of the darkness. Yog and Shub Niggurath procreated uh, to make Nug, and Nug ha- uh, and Cthulhu is the offspring of Nug, so Yog is the grandfather of Cthulhu and the grandson of Azathoth. Hotep is yogg uncle. And Cthulhu is yogg grandchild.
0: I'm finding a few things that are a little bit different than that, which is annoying.
1: Because mm-hmm. I did find a family tree that was a little more
0: concise. Hold on.
1: Mm-hmm. Because the one, the first one that I pull up is different than what you just said and different than what I remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, the, this is the family tree as... I think I can trust this one. This was the one as compiled and put together by Clark Ashton Smith. Ugh, who the heck is that? Jeez. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because love, listen. love, yeah, Lovecraft's family tree was incomplete, and Clark Ashton Smith kind of, kind of, really put it, brought it all together.
0: Yeah. So we have Asath,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Name Smith, Yaxasath, Nuggathulu,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Sharshho. Yogash the ghoul, Kabah the serpent, and Lamer and Lamer the more it goes down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you have, so by that thing, so you have, let's find Yogg, where is, where is Yogg-Sothoth in here?
1: yogg yeah, right below oh, the Nameless oh, name Mist.
0: You have Yogg's yep. sothoth mm-hmm. and then if, if that obviously branches off into all of our other mm-hmm. you know, other <clears elder> beings, <throat> But you can take
1: an offshoot of that. So who knows how many actual yogg the offspring we actually have? Because uh, I know of several that are not actually on this list,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, we can think of two from one story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, very interesting. So mm-hmm. Dogs with Hoth is kind of like the Zeus of their mythos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pr- basically. <clears throat> we're, we're diverting. We need to get back yeah. to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Other, um. Any uh,
1: yeah. Anyways. Um. Uh, <coughs> yeah. Ooh. So oh, I did. Also, I didn't know that Hoster was the offspring of Nug. That's fantastic. Um. Uh, <coughs> for you Nug. But yeah, um uh we have um uh uh oh yeah but yeah so it was it was just you know uh Yogg-Sothoth and uh uh you know uh and uh uh Nyarlathotep in there and they're all sitting there kinda of chuckling together. And let's say the wizard's name was uh uh Marshlal Hoshbaz. Uh we'll just throw that name out and, um, uh, <clears throat> uh, what happened was, uh, you know, they're sitting there, they're, they're talking and then your hotel gets in his radio and says, <laughs> all right, now Marshall al-Hashbaz <laughs> turn into a rat. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: make it look like a rat.
1: <laughs> but yeah. <Wow>. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh, there was another, oh yeah. Also, uh, his, uh, his murder of Gilman. Um, this is me. My personal opinion, I would like to opine on this matter, and I would like to say this. I don't think that, um, uh, uh that, uh, Jenkin, uh, teleported under the covers and then ate into, uh, Gilman. I okay. think that his teleportation he used the, the I think he was good enough at it. I think he teleported inside Gilman and ate his way out.
0: Which by the way is perfectly plausible within mm-hmm. the confines of the story. Mm-hmm. And the way,
1: I mean, that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. that that could be very doable. <clears throat> and, and I don't that, know if that uh, is true, but that's how that's what I want to imagine. Yeah. The um Gilman <coughs> kind of um um
0: Talks about that. They actually, I, I think he kind of put some foreshadowing for that being the case mm-hmm. in earlier uh, when we talk about Gilman's statement of saying, like, well, technically speaking, any third dimensional being should be able to step out of this dimension into the fourth dimension and back into the third
1: dimension anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like li- literally anywhere in time and space. Yeah. So <clears> why not give <throat> him? Mm hmm. No. But yeah, that's. What on earth is this? Oh, it's just the, a generic picture for genealogy. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> that's interesting. But yeah, that is... Um, I have to say this. Like, we didn't really... Like, you know, we, we talked about how much we like the story, talked about points of the story. We didn't really go over the story, and that's fair, because, uh, like, uh, what is it? Um, uh, the uh, HP PodCraft, right? they only do 30-minute podcasts, but you can tell from how the podcasts are edited, they cut out a bunch of what they say. And only get to the the, the, the you know the per, the more pertinent points. They have thirty minute episodes, and I think they did like four or five episodes on this story. So the, obviously there's several hours worth of stuff you can talk about for this. And so I don't think we're going to keep going too much. Um, uh, I think we're going to stick with our normal time and not go too much further. But there is another thing that I wanted to say about this, and that is, you know, reading about uh, uh, Ladislas, um, uh, in this book, this story um man that was it was a it's a completely different you get a completely different outlook because I was like reading a, you know like I first heard this uh listen to this story uh before I had any children and I read and then you know I hear about you know and obviously like, you know it kind of you know, and even then it kind of gets to you a little bit you're like oh man lotus loss that sucks um as a Reading and hearing that story again as a father, like I have a son, and I have fully one hundred percent determined. Like you know, before if I had a if I had a a rat in my house, I would be um uh uh uh, yeah I I I would be you know setting out rat traps and making sure I get that rat because no one wants a rat in their house today. Right now, having a child. If a rat were to show up in my house, like technically speaking, the official reason why I keep a a, a buckshot loaded shotgun next to my bed is against uh, any human intruder. Uh, that would be the tool I would use against any rat that I happen to see in my house at this point. <coughs> <coughs> just
0: saying on rats <laughs> in the house around the babies
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> but yeah that's that <clears> once <throat> I, I think if, if you're listening to this mm-hmm. um, I don't think I don't think us going deeply into the story is important I think that if you if you're going to get anything out of this you're going to have to read it for yourself um, do that first if you want mm-hmm.
1: or if you want just yeah. read it Hey, what did I say? At the beginning of the show, what did I say I was going to link? See, you were going to link an alcoholic beverage. No. You did. I did? You ah, did. yes. Yeah, the how to drink video. Okay. <clears throat> Bite me. Hey, buddy. Come see daddy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's that. That's the dreams in the witch house. I'm, uh... That is all that we're likely to say about that, I think, unless you're interested in saying another thing.
0: No, not about that thing. I no, think nothing. Okay. the important things have been said, and the less important things, you'll figure them out on your own when you read the gosh darn book.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, honestly, if you haven't already read the story, um, I'm, I'd be very surprised. This may not be, if you're the type of person who has already read books, this may not be the podcast for you. Uh, just because um, we don't go over them nearly well enough for you to get anything out of this, <clears throat> we're no. just here to be stupid. Yeah. So like, read the read the story, because I guarantee you will be absolutely lost if you um uh, if you come in this without prior knowledge. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my goal was to make you laugh during the stream. Okay.
1: It worked. <clears throat> okay. But yeah, uh, in that case, we shall, I believe, we shall exit. Shall we? Yes. Uh, Tyler, before we leave, uh, give us some dad advice. Some dad advice? Some dad advice.
0: Don't ever mow your back.